helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. seems to be the nightmare that just keeps on giving. You would think the evidence of malfeasance in the election to the, the claims of insurrection would be bad enough. Just when you think it's safe to come out and look around, wham! Another crazy thing happens, uh, links back to the election, and it just jumps right out and scares you. From FBI intimidation tactics to attempts to remove Donald Trump from the, from the ballot, the hits just keep on coming. It seems like the very idea of liberty is under attack. In his first inaugural address, George Washington warned us that the, the preservation of the sacred fire of liberty is staked in the experiment entrusted to the hands of the American people. Will this generation be the one that sees that fire go out? Well, hello there, everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution study. Here we read, we study the Constitution. Teach the rising generation to be free. We help people to prepare to defend and assert their rights. And boy, howdy, is that something we really need today. You know, it seems like every election cycle, I'm told, it's the most important election ever. And, and I, I try not to fall into those, those statements. But, you know, after the 2020 and 2022 elections, I have to wonder. And of course, I can even go back to the 2016 elections. As we see the manipulation of the election growing, the 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 amount of the number of attempts, the in some cases the blatant, outright, uh, in-your-face examples of playing games with counting ballots, right in your face. The idea of hey, let's just decide because of some uh, because of a case of the flu. Uh, you know, a, a disease where, you know, well, let's face it, um, the death rate was, what, a th two-thirds of 1%? It's like, you know, 0.06%, something ridic some ridiculously small number. We can't let people go out and actually vote. We'll have to do it all by mail. And, of course, we'll just send ballots everywhere as if that would never end poorly. And, you know, you go back again, you go back to 2016 with the the news. And of course, it's not the fact that news involved itself in the election you know, that, that the news media did. It's the blatant way they did it. And again, it's not just the news media. Of course, you, you had examples of of government covering up for the the malfeasance of uh, uh, somebody in a in, in, in their party. It's the fact that we had the, uh, you know. Again, I'm old enough to remember Watergate. I'm remember. I'm old enough to remember when um, the news media actually did an investigation. They didn't just regurgitate whatever the political party told them. They went out and did an investigation. So it's it just it's it's crazy, and it makes me concerned. And I was asked the other day, you know, what do I predict for 2024? And I don't have a crystal ball. But you know what? I expect a lot more crazy this year. I expect a lot of insanity coming out regard just regarding the election. And of course, we've got the whole thing with the Trump and the 14th Amendment. You know, it, I didn't realize it until the other day. I had never actually written an in-depth article on the 14th Amendment question. So I'm, I'm working on it. Give me a, a week or two 
to come out with it, but uh, I've actually done a deep dive, or I'm, I'm doing a deep dive into the whole question of Section 3 of the 14th Amendment and what uh, uh, Colorado and several other states have done as far as suing the president. And, of course, Colorado is the only one where the court said, yeah, yeah, there's, there's, he obviously engaged in insurrection. And, of course, you have the Secretary of State of Maine saying, yeah, yeah, he, he engaged in insurrection. But my focus is on this whole question of that, of the, the 14th Amendment, what it says, what it means, and what these lawsuits, should they succeed, actually mean for our country. See, the Supreme Court has agreed to hear the appeal, Trump's appeal, of the Colorado Supreme Court's decision to remove him from the ballot. This is not exactly a surprise. Um, everybody I, I, I've heard talk about it pretty much said it's got to end up at the Supreme Court because you've got different states doing different things. And of course, everybody sees this as a national election when it's not really a national election. But, you know, you have to do you have to understand what people actually think. Um, you know, they don't they don't judge things on the way you think. They judge things on the way they think. So the Supreme Court's going to weigh in. And. Uh, well, let's see how you know, if. if I am mildly optimistic, I say mildly optimistic, that uh, the Supreme Court's going to realize that um, there was no evidence that Trump actually engaged in insurrection in any way, shape, or form, um, that uh, what he said was fully within his rights as, as, as expressing his opinion. Um, you know, you encourage people to peacefully make their voices heard. Uh, that's not insurrection. Um, and I say that because, well, over the last couple of years, the, the court has had a, um, they, they, they've been a little more, what I would say, by the letter of the law. A little less, we need to find out what we think is right. A little more to, well, this is what the law says. That's how we have to decide. I say a little more. It's why I'm only mildly optimistic. Um, I've been disappointed too many times to to really think that the court's going to do it. And really what I expect is, I expect the court to, I don't want to say weasel their way out. I think they want to find a way to come to a decision that uh, um, takes the least responsibility possible. I guess would be the way I describe it, right? It's, it's how can we nuance this so that, um, you know, maybe we get Colorado to, to uh, we say, no, we don't think you're right here. Maybe, Colorado, this is what you have to do in order for us to uphold this. I've seen them do that several times before. Um, certainly not to look at it and say, uh, hey, you realize, state of Colorado, that you've actually you've actually committed a federal crime, that, that the Supreme Court of Colorado has committed a federal crime because they deprived Donald Trump of, of the liberty of running for an office without due process of law. That's a violation of the Fifth Amendment. And uh, therefore, guess what? That is a federal crime because they are depriving, uh, they should be knowingly depriving the president, Donald Trump of his rights without due process of law. And um, again, you know, I can hope, but I'm not really expecting a full-throated endorsement of the the Supreme Court's decision. I will bring it to you once I've uh, read it and had a chance to digest it, but I'm not expecting a full-throated uh, 
a full-throated pushback against what Colorado has done. Maybe I'll be surprised, maybe not. Now, part of the reason I'm concerned is that this court, although doesn't seem to be quite so much lately, has shown itself to be concerned with the, the political look of things. John Roberts, Chief Justice Roberts, has repeatedly acted in a way to place politics above the decision in order to make the Supreme Court not look bad. Um, and, and I bring this to light in response to a, an interview on MSNBC with a gentleman by the name of uh, David Jolly. Now, if my research is correct, uh, Mr. Jolly is a lobbyist and politician. He was in a panel on MSNBC. But let's start with the question from the MSNBC host. David Jolly, let me start with you and what we just heard from, from Vaughn Hillier, both the fact that you have Iowa caucus goers, Republican caucus goers who are bought in on these conspiracy theories. They are absolutely entangled in them. Even three years later, if anything, there is a sense that that the hold has gotten firmer. All right, let's break this down just uh, a little bit. So notice how she's setting the stage. You know, it's a conspiracy. Three years later, still a conspiracy. Uh, Of course, I find it interesting that apparently they're ignoring the evidence of of, um, what was going on. Uh, the you know those the, we'll talk a bit about this in, in a second, but um, the conspiracy about the election, even though the evidence that um, there's evidence that there was tampering in the election, there's evidence that the FBI tampered in the election, there's evidence that the media tampered in the election, there's evidence that the CIA tampered with the election, there's evidence that uh, the election in in Georgia, Pennsylvania. Uh, Arizona and others, they they tampered with the count. There is evidence. So you call it a conspiracy theory. People believe it because evidence keeps showing up that there were problems. But listen to the rest of this setup. And the fact that you have the former president of the United States, well understood to be a threat to our country's democracy, trying to jujitsu that argument onto the current president. Okay, now there's another couple interesting twists right here. So it's a foregone conclusion that Trump is a danger to democracy. Well, here's a trick. You know the old trick about fortune cookies? If you want the fortune cookie to be better than it sounds, just add between the sheets at the end. Well, here, when they talk about democracy, they're not talking about democracy. They're talking about the Democratic Party. How do I know this? Well, first of all, she's claiming that it's obvious that Trump is a threat to our democracy. Um, How? How has he taken the, first of all, we're not a democracy, we're a republic. I think I've beat that one to death. But consider this. Um, what has Trump done to take away the vote of the people? What has Trump done to take away the vote of the American people? The answer is nothing. Now, sure, they complain that Oh, actually making sure that the person's eligible vote is taking away the vote of people. No, if you're not eligible, then you're not legally allowed to vote. But the better, the, the, the response to this by Mr. Jolly really proves the point of they're not interested in democracy. They're interested in something else. Yeah, at least you have a very unsettling moment to recognize that so many voters actually believe that that January 6th was not what it actually was, what we saw with our eyes. And now when we see the video and we are reminded by facts and data of not only the threat to the peaceful transition of power, but the threat to human life. Like a good magician, 
They want you to focus on one thing. Look at the video. You know what they show you? They show the video of the one group of people that busted through the barrier. You know what they don't show you? They don't show you the, the video of people being invited into the Capitol by Capitol Police holding the door open and inviting people in. They don't show the video of the dude with the hat right, being escorted by Capitol Police, given a tour, effectively, by Capitol Police. They don't show you that video. See, they only show you the video that, that supports their agenda. So when they talk about facts and data, they're only talking about the facts and data that support their point of view. And how dare somebody, it's implied, how dare somebody look at any other data? How dare you come to a conclusion other than the one that we have approved? The violence that was used to upend our democracy that day. And I'm not sure there is a, a convincing argument to change the minds of those who currently believe that January 6th was not what it really was. And so I think the only answer is to quiet their voices at the ballot box. Now, again, we're not a democracy. We talk about upending our democracy. We're not a democracy. We're a republic. And the people that he's complaining about, of course, he's focusing on the ones that got violent, are the people that demonstrated on January 6th because the republic was being upturned. The choice of president was being upturned, and now people were, were going here. But notice, he's, there's no way we're going to change your mind. I flipped that right back. There's, there's no amount of evidence that's going to change the mind of people like this MSNBC uh, uh, host or, or Mr. Jolly that says, what about the rest of the story? There's no amount of evidence that's going to change their mind. But look at his solution. His solution is then, we must t deny them access to the ballot. As he says, to quiet them at the ballot box, not allow them to speak. He's talking about democracy. He wants to save our democracy by destroying democracy. He wants to save our democracy, in his words, by getting rid of democracy, by allowing people who disagree the chance to express their opinion. This is not democracy. This, ladies and gentlemen, is, the, is what Lenin was talking about when he said, when Vladimir Lenin said that democracy is essential to socialism, here you go. He's claiming that people who disagree with him do not have the right or should not have the right to have their views expressed at the ballot box because they disagree with him. And he has the gall to say that he's, he's saving democracy. He's installing totalitarianism. And I realize that sounds disrespectful, but with democracy on the line, the, the most effective way to rebut their... their false beliefs or their conspiracy beliefs is to actually beat them at the ballot box. Except he's not talking about beating them at the ballot box. He says they don't have a right to have their voice heard at the ballot box. This is not what he's talking about is not democracy. It's not a republic. It's totalitarianism. Pure and simple. And, and again, this is the position apparently of also of MSNBC News. <laughs> And I think that's what you hear in Joe Biden's rhetoric and speeches today is that democracy itself is on the line. And those who are in favor of protecting democracy really must win in November. So in order, those who want to protect democracy must do so by destroying the democratic process, by destroying democracy, by saying you do not have a right to express your opinion because it doesn't fit with ours. This is not democracy, ladies and gentlemen.
This is the attempt to institute a single-party rule. You disagree with us. You, you, you claimed we cheated. There's evidence that there was cheating, not you personally. There was evidence of cheating on both sides, the vast majority on the side of, the, of the, those voting for, for Joe Biden. But that's okay because we have to win. And if it means keeping you out of the ballot box, if it means don't, not letting your, your people appear on the ballot box or not allowing you to vote, that's just fine because we're saving democracy by destroying democracy. And you wonder why I ask if the sacred fires of liberty are going out. I have some more things I need to get to. Before I go, though, I do have to take a break. I want to let you know that you can find out more of what we're doing here at the Constitution Study at the website constitutionstudy.com. Uh, I've got some great, I got some newsletters. I put up some articles. I've got news that I, that I collate from, from across the country, all sorts of information that you can enjoy. Again, go to constitutionstudy.com. The other thing is, you know, you really need a good night's sleep. I could not do what I do today, every day, every weekday, if I didn't get a good night's sleep. Now, one of the tools I use is restful sleep from the, uh, the wellness company. See, it, it, unlike hormones like melatonin that can disrupt your system, the, uh, the, the, the ingredients in restful sleep are really just there to, to calm your nerves. They're, they're vegetarian. They're made here in the USA. They're, they're not uh, uh, hormone-based, but they do calm your mind, reduce stress, so you can get a better night's sleep. Now, as an America Out Loud listener, you can get 25% off of your products and 25% off your first month of membership of the Wellness Company if you use the code OUTLOUD. To find out how, go to americaoutloud.shop and look for Restful Sleep and the Wellness Company. Again, make sure you get that 25% off your products and your first month of membership by going to americaoutloud.shop and looking for Restful Sleep or the Wellness Company. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order, risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Today's high stress on the go lifestyle makes it hard to stay heart healthy. Lifestyle changes like exercise and diet are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support three aspects of heart health cholesterol, blood pressure, and triglycerides with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients. You would need to take 13 pills to get the same amount of nutrients in each gel pack. And these great-tasting gels come in a small packet. Tear off the top, shoot it down, or mix it in water. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 25% off. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. 
introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Welcome back, Everyday Americans who rejoin the Constitution study. And today, we're asking if the sacred fire of liberty is going out. Now, we've already talked about uh, the Donald Trump uh, 14th Amendment piece. Uh, I, I, I used some examples from the media and, and, other, and people who are basically, they're lobbyists, they're basically saying, in order to save democracy, we must de destroy the democratic process. I want to take a look at something else here because there is a group of, um, uh, of people recently, well, let me, let me give you the whole story. Um, a gentleman from Alabama, uh, was recently convicted, actually convicted in 2022 by a jury of four counts, two of them were disorderly conduct. Now, you have to understand, this person, Mr. Alford, entered the Capitol through an open door, was inside the building for about 13 minutes, was silent, did not engage in any violence or destruction, and... Um, this is agreed to not just by him but and his lawyers, but by the government as well. So based on that, where do they get disorderly conduct? Now, I'm going to look. I did a little research, and I found uh, Title 40 of the United States Code, Section 5104, which is uh, unlawful activities in public buildings, property, and works. Uh, this specifically deals with the United States Capitol and other buildings and grounds. So under 50, Section 5104, which lists these unlawful activities, um, we find that we have um, violent or dis, uh, I'm sorry, violent entry and disorderly conduct, right? That's section, it, it's subsection two. And it says an individual or group of individuals may not willfully and knowingly Enter or remain on the floor of either house, enter the gallery um, with intent to disrupt the orderly conduct of official business, enter or remain in any of the Capitol buildings. Right? But there's a couple things you need to see here. Right? First of all, the individual or the group must willfully and knowingly. See, there are, are certain key words in laws that, that really make a difference. Why do I bring this up? Well, recently, a U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia disagreed that um, entering a building through an open door, uh, remaining silent, not engaging in violence or destruction, was still considered disorderly conduct. That's what they said. The appeals court said uh, the trial evidence indicated that, that Alfred's brief time within the Capitol, he was neither violent nor destructive. Not, nevertheless, we affirm his conviction because a jury could rashly find that his unauthorized presence in the Capitol as part of an unruly mob contributed to the disruption of Congress's electoral certification and jeopardized public safety. Well, our problem number one, Congress was not certifying anything. I know we all we, this, this lie has been going on that the Congress certifies 
the election of the Electoral College. It does no such thing. Read the 12th Amendment. Congress is there to observe the counting. They do not participate unless either the president or vice president does not get a majority of the ballots uh, of the votes cast by the electors. Other than that, all they're there is to observe until somebody doesn't get a, um, a majority. So there's problem number one. But it's interesting. So, okay, and he's talking about the disrupting the, the process. There is, um, th there is a subsection that says, with the intent to disrupt the orderly conduct of official business, enter or remain in a room in any of the Capitol buildings set aside or designated for the use of either House of Congress or the Library of Congress. So, okay, yeah, the question is, was he there with the intent? Was he with the group or did he get caught up in the group? And was it their intention to willfully and knowingly disrupt the, the acts of Congress? Now, there is a, uh, there, there is a, um, a case to be made that there were those in the demonstration that were trying to disrupt the, uh, the counting of the electoral ballots. Um, it, it, here's my problem. This to me smacks of over-prosecution or maybe just, you know, charging ridiculously. See, this, this individual did not utter a louder threatening sound, did not use abusive language or engage in any disorderly or disruptive behavior. From all the evidence, the evidence in the trial saying that, oh, no, he showed up, he walked in, he looked around, he left. But there were other people doing things. Oh, that's the question. Now are we guilty by association? How do you know he was participating in the other people that were being disruptive? How, 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 is there any evidence of that? No, you just happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time, apparently. Or maybe more importantly, support the wrong person. Because when people uh, entered the Capitol uh, in, 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 to have a, a pro-Hamas, pro-Palestinian demonstration, and they violated 5104, um, they were not charged. I didn't see people there charged with disorderly conduct. And I didn't see people who were just calmly walking around, not being a disturbance, being swept up with them as well. But that's not to say that all of the activities around January 6th may be as... Um, well, let's say uh, judicially questionable. Uh, on January 6th, 2004, three years after the, uh, I'm sorry, January 6th, yeah, January 6th, three years after the quote unquote the demonstration, the event, um, the FBI apprehended three suspects um, in the Tampa, Florida area, or at least I should say in Florida. Now, these three subjects are uh, Jonathan Daniel Pollock, uh, Olivia Michelle Pollock, and Joseph Daniel Hutchinson III. Now, of course, your first reaction, three years after, they're still looking, well, see, these three people have issues. See, first of all, um, Jonathan Pollock is suspected to have assaulted multiple law enforcement officers with a deadly weapon. Um, Olivia Pollock and, and Mr. Hutchinson they face charges of assaulting officers and several other crimes. Apparently, uh, law enforcement has been looking at them for a while. Um, the, uh, uh, they've been looking for Daniel Pollock for a while, you know, basically since June. 
Um, Olivia Pollock and Mr. Hutchinson became fugitives in March of last year after they removed their ankle monitors. So while I know a lot of people will look at that headline and say, oh my God, they're still after him. Well, they're charged with assaulting officers, at least one doing so with a deadly weapon. Uh, these are the of the the defendants uh, that have been arrested. These appear to have actually they're accused of committing actual crimes. Of the twelve hundred defendants, defendants that are um, in the January sixth uh, Capitol demonstration, um, at least these three seem like you know what? Um, maybe there's more now. Maybe their story is wrong. Maybe there's more information. I don't know. Hopefully. That would come out in court. Um, the fact that two of the three cut their ankle monitors to go into hiding, I must say, doesn't look good. But then again, we also see a lot of what doesn't look good, um, people going, af going after people on the Trump campaign, including uh, Harrison Ford, uh, Floyd, sorry, Harrison Floyd. He was a, a campaign aide uh, in Donald Trump's 2020 campaign. And... Um, well, he's being arrested uh, for something that he claims was a setup from the FBI. This is the body cam footage of an officer uh, uh, that I must believe is serving an arrest warrant to Mr. Floyd, um, and he's describing what happened. So these guys, my mother-in-law called me earlier today. She said two men showed up. Uh, gave her a card. She didn't know if it was real or not. And they said they're trying. Uh, they want to talk to me. I took my daughter to the Goldfish Swim School. Yeah. I came back, and there's these two guys who are standing so across the street. So we just, we just, um, they came here. They followed me here. Yeah. So I'm coming down the side. These two guys in suits just run at me. I started yelling at one of them. Like, who do you think you are? You're. So, yeah, this is a pretty scary situation. Yes, I did clean up the audio for you, but apparently people show up and hand his mother-in-law something that they're looking for him. Um, they're waiting for him when he gets home. Um, they, 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 um, they come after, they're touching him, they're touching his daughter. They've never identified themselves as law enforcement. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'd be a little upset myself, but then things take a turn even worse. And then one of them who's on the stairs has a, he, he goes like this, and he has a pistol in his hand. I never saw a badge. Yeah. I saw a gun, though. I saw a gun. So now, okay, he's seeing these guys are armed. They're in suits, they are armed, and they have yet to, according to him, identify themselves as law enforcement. You think too, like, I'm, like, don't want to talk to you, engage with you, and you're, like, chasing me. Like, you probably want to, like, stop, disengage, like, okay, this probably isn't the way, you know, or if you see a guy walking with his kid, they were relentless, and, um, they better be glad I didn't have my daughter with me, because if you had, if you, if they ran, ran up on me on the street like that, and not showing me a badge, and trying to corner me like that, it would have turned the other way real quick. You know, th this is this is a dangerous situation. Th that if he is correct, if the FBI did not identify themselves, they were there to serve a subpoena. Uh, I've been on the receiving end of a federal subpoena. Thankfully, my agents were professionals. If this is correct, those agents were definitely not professionals. But um, 
yeah, this is this is again a, a, a scary, a scary situation. And remember, he has his daughter with him, and this is where the local law enforcement, which is the body camera recording, uh, someone from local law enforcement starts asking a couple of questions. Did you chase after him in the stairway and have a confrontation with him? I did. You get in anybody's face? And push I don't. Him or I did not. Him? I did not push. I did not shut. I didn't touch. I don't. I think I need to let my lawyer have a further conversation with well, this, you guys. Now, this is a situation where I've been told multiple times by multiple attorneys, don't talk to the police. But apparently what happens, see, after his FBI encounter, Mr. Floyd dialed 911 because he doesn't know it's FBI, right? You have these strange men in suits, one of them armed, um, coming up and apparently trying to corner him, um, apparently to deliver this subpoena. But uh, again, he didn't know that at the time. So he calls 911. And he says, now things are getting a little bit more. Apparently, the FBI agents are accusing him of assaulting them while they were trying to serve the subpoena. Of course, then again, if he's correct and they never identified themselves, they never said they were there to serve a subpoena, then there's a bit of an issue there. But uh, he decides, now, maybe I need to talk through the lawyer. Um, good idea. I understand if you call the police, you're expected to answer some questions. Now he's listening, going, I think it's time for me to get my lawyer involved. But now listen to how the local law enforcement handles this situation. Well, listen, guys, listen. I am Detective Montgomery County. Here's my badge. These guys are officers of Rockville City and this is the FBI agent. I do have an arrest warrant for you right now. Okay. Okay. So what's the first thing the detective does? I'm a detective. Uh, here's my badge. Here are the officers. They're uniformed. They have badges. He immediately makes sure, okay, let's allay those fears. Because the next thing he has to do is he has an arrest warrant for Mr. Floyd. So here's, I'm hoping you can be a gentleman. Listen, yeah. it's for a second degree assault. I'm the one that called. So again, Mr. Floyd's a bit confused. He's got an arrest warrant against him for second degree assault when he's the one who called because of the assault, because if the, if the FBI officers put hands on him or his family, that is assault, ladies and gentlemen. So he calls 911 to report of an assault, and by the time they get there, there's a detective with an arrest warrant for assault against him. And ask for help. I, no, I, I understand. I have my daughter. There's a camera downstairs. So he, again, he's got his daughter. He's 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 I, I believe justifiably concerned that he was assaulted and he's being charged with assault. Uh, again. A lot of accusations, not a lot of evidence. The The actual interaction with the FBI was not recorded. We're listening to the body cam footage of an officer that responded to the 911 call that Mr. Floyd made after his encounter with the FBI. But I want you to think about this. This is the idea of if most of what Mr. Floyd is saying is true, if agents from the FBI showed up, they were armed. They did not identify themselves. They did not show their credentials. They did not identify why they were there. And they were trying to put to, to man maneuver him into a place where he could not escape. He had a legal right to shoot them, to use lethal force to defend himself, because he has every logical reason to be in fear of his life. It doesn't matter that they're wearing suits. If people walk up and try to corner you, they're touching you, they're, they're, they're trying to prevent your, your avenue of escape, you're there with your daughter. Yes, that is, you have a reasonable fear for your life, an imminent threat to your life. And he even says, if my daughter wasn't there, this would have gone differently. One of them 
displayed now whether it was a an unintentional flash or not he displayed a farm the they were armed it's why i say the uh, the agents that came to my door were smart they were professional they called beforehand they identified themselves they told me why they were coming to my house they show up at my door they show i see their credentials they had their, they were wearing their badges cool because if two if an suv pulls up and two men come out with guns and I have no idea what's going on, I would have reacted probably a little harsher than Mr. Floyd. But that's not all, because I have another article that's going to blow your mind when you think what the Department of Justice has in store for the American people. But I have to take a break. Before I do go, though, please you know, check out AmericaOutloud.news. In fact, I recommend you go there every day to find out what's going on with the, the news and, and information. But I want you to do more. I want you to take that information, and I want you to share it. Find an article or, or a video that, that says something. F find a podcast or maybe a story that tells something better than you thought of, you could say yourself and share it. Share with friends, share with family, especially share it online, no matter how big your following is. See, by doing so, that, ladies and gentlemen, is how we share the blessings of liberty. The buildup of spike proteins is dangerous to your health. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body, removing the spike proteins, allowing your body to repair from within. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system becomes less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to AmericaOutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. Well, the out loud truth was the rallying call that started it all. AmericaOutloud.news was an idea, a movement, a place where folks would feel comfortable speaking the truth without being censored or canceled. The First Amendment is alive and well. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity.
welcome back, everyday Americans. You have rejoined the Constitution study. And today, we're watching while the sacred fire of liberty is going out. The question is, will we do anything about it? I mean, I've already talked about the, uh, the attempt to prevent you voting for who you want to vote for because somebody decided they don't like it. They claim to be, oh, altruistic. We're going to save democracy by destroying the democratic process. They're going to save the republic by destroying the very basis of republicanism, the fact that the people elect their representatives, not the bureaucrats, not the pundits, and certainly not the media. But the fact that we've covered what appears to be an attempt to go after those who are close to Donald Trump. We have a, a um, we have uh, Mr. Floyd, who's accusing the FBI of assaulting him, of attempting to corner him without identifying themselves, without providing a badge or reason for what they're doing, but yet they're charging him with assault. We played the, uh, the audio from the, from the uh, body cam footage of the local police officers that came to take his statement against the FBI and ended up arresting him because they had an arrest warrant claiming that he assaulted the FBI. And we've got more. Listen to uh, U.S. Attorney uh, Matthew Graves making it clear the, the DOJ's position on those who demonstrated on January 6th. An important note when it comes to our prosecutions about those who remained outside the building. We have used our prosecutorial discretion to primarily focus on those who entered the building or those who engaged in violent or corrupt conduct on Capitol grounds. But if a person knowingly entered the restricted area without authorization, they had already committed a federal crime. Okay, let's talk about this for just a second. First, he makes a point you have to have knowingly been in a restricted area. That means the government must have posted on the border of that area that that was a restricted area and you were not allowed to enter. Considering the number of people that entered the grounds without having to walk past a barrier or barricade of any kind, you certainly cannot claim that they knowingly were in restricted areas. If you are walking up to the door of the Capitol and Capitol Police are holding the door for you, you can't claim that they were knowingly uh, on in a restricted area. But even that idea of a restricted area concerns me. Now, granted, you know, it, it is public property, but it's held in trust by the government. But shouldn't there be some sort of, oh, I don't know, due process before the government restricts an area? In other words, shouldn't there be some uh, protection for the rights of the individuals to not simply say, this is restricted because I say so. That, to me, is a concern. But listen to, uh, and again, he said, we've, we've been nice so far. We've only prosecuted those who actually uh, uh, were, were violent or, or otherwise um, uh, disruptive. Now, if you are even there, guess what? Make no mistake. Thousands of people occupied an area that they were not authorized to be present in in the first place. Again, authorized by who? The government that's supposedly of foreign by the people? 
again, was there probable cause? Was there was there uh, a due process, or did this, the um, and, and was it even identified as a restricted area beforehand? This is what your future looks like, ladies and gentlemen. A government effect, a government actor simply says this area is now restricted, and if you show up, uh, you're committing a federal crime. How many of you have seen the studies that assume that 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 show that uh, the average American commits three federal felonies a, get, a day because of all the rules and regulations that nobody knows about because they simply make it up? Now again, it's one thing to create a restricted area for security purposes. It's quite another to simply three years after the fact say, you know what, we've decided that really was a secure, a restricted area. And of course, did we have barricades? Do you have proof that you had shown that to be a restricted area? Or are you simply like it sounds this this U.S. attorney is saying, oh, no, that was restricted. And now you're the one we're coming after. Now, granted, there is evidence of people being disorderly, of, of shoving through barricades. But I want you to remember, only one and only one person was killed on the Capitol, in the Capitol on January 6th. Her name is Ashley Babbitt. Now, a lawsuit has been filed charging uh, uh, the, the federal government with wrongful death, assault and battery, and negligence by the team that representing her, her family and her estate. In the complaint, which is being uh, represented by Judicial Watch, um, they explain what happened. They go, they said, the reading, a quote, someone quoted from the complaint, after the rally, Ashley, like uh, many other patriotic Americans attending the rally, walked to the Capitol peacefully, a distance of approximately 1.5 miles. Two undercover Metropolitan Police Department officers followed close behind Ashley as she climbed the stairs to the West Terrace. Ashley entered the Capitol on the Senate side long after others had done so. Once inside, Ashley encountered a female Capitol Police officer who directed her to walk south toward the House side. Ashley complied, walking alone through the Capitol and ultimately arriving at the hallway outside the main door to the House chamber, where demonstrators had gathered. From there, Ashley walked by herself east along the hallway outside the House chamber, then turned south, reaching a hallway outside the Speaker's lobby at the southeast corner of the Capitol. The shooting occurred at the east entrance of the, to the Speaker's lobby. After demonstrators filled the hallway outside the lobby, two individuals in the crowded, tightly packed hallway struck and dislodged the, the glass panel in the lobby doors and the right door sidelight. Lieutenant Byrd, who is a USCP commander and was the incident commander for the House on January 6, 2021, shot Ashley on sight as she raised herself up into the opening of the right door sidelight. Lieutenant Byrd later confessed that he shot Ashley before seeing her hands or assessing her intentions or even identifying her as female. Ashley was unarmed. Her hands were up in the air, empty and in plain view of Lieutenant Byrd and other officers in the lobby. It's been a long time coming, ladies and gentlemen. It's been three years. And finally, someone's filed a lawsuit on behalf of Ms. Babbitt's family and her estate. And the most important thing to me, to me there should be two, two things that should come out of this. One is, um, is the complaint correct? Did Lieutenant Byrd fire before 
assessing the situation, before assessing the intentions. Was she unarmed, hands in the air, empty and in plain view? In other words, was it a wrongful death? But the other is the discovery of she's not accused of, of any writings, but what other what else is going to come out in the discovery process? What else are we going to learn about the about that day and what happened inside the Capitol? Because we'll get a chance to hear testimony and see evidence based on this case. Now, nothing will be uh will, nothing will compensate Ashley Babbitt's family for their loss. No matter you know, if they win the law the wrongful death suit, if they um receive some monetary compensation, it'll not replace Ashley. And let's face it, this is a lawsuit, which means um, Mr. Bird, he's not on the hook for anything. He's not being charged with a crime yet, to my knowledge. He's not being, it's not even he who's being sued, meaning if he's found to have been negligent, Negligent homicide, then he's not he's not paying the, the the lawsuit. The government is. The taxpayer is the American taxpayer is. But if this is not dealt with, if we don't find the details and the truth, and if justice is not served, then it's one more example of the sacred fire of liberty being extinguished in this country. And part of that means we will no longer be a republic. See, in order to be a republic, the people have to choose their representatives. The choice cannot be made for them. They have to choose. And if the attempts to silence the opposition, to prevent certain candidates from being on the ballot, like they do in places like, oh, Iran, in Venezuela, if the attempt to prevent people from being able to vote because you hold the wrong ideas, if demonstrations are simply determined to be illegal because they challenge the uh, the prevailing uh, narrative of whatever administration is in charge, we're not a republic. And yes, if our intelligence communities start manipulating the election, I shouldn't say start. I'd say should they resume manipulating the elections since there's evidence that they uh, participated in the cover-up of, um, of Joe Biden. I should say Hunter Biden, Joe's son, and uh, as well as the, um, uh, the Russian, the Russiagate in 2016. This is interesting. Uh, Dr. John, uh, John uh, Gentry, who is a Georgetown University professor, says it's likely that, um, well, in this year's election, the proverbial steep, deep state within the intelligence community will reemerge because presumably a Republican candidate will again be seen as a threat to the internal policies that many intelligence people like. We shouldn't be surprised. The, uh, the, the Central Intelligence Agency has reportedly helped overthrow seven governments since World War II, not counting uh, Trump's 2020 ouster. Now, this is not just um, Mr. Gentry's 
uninformed decision, opinion. He spent 12 years in the CIA as an intelligence analyst. Uh, remember, once the uh, story about Hunter Biden's laptop came out, suddenly there were 51 foreign intelligence officials who signed on to a letter that, that, that said this had the classic earmarks of a Russian information operation, even though the FBI knew that this was actually Hunter Biden's laptop. And according to Mr. Gentry, the CIA approved the publication of this Hunter Biden laptop letter. And these documents were apparently obtained by, by Fox News Digital back in 2023. So if we have evidence of our own internal uh, uh, intelligence organs being used to manipulate the election, being used to, to overthrow governments, just like they've done in other nations, why would we think they wouldn't do it again? See, that's the thing when I look at 2024 is I see a lot of potential for manipulation of the election. What I don't see is a lot of people that are prepared to defend their right to decide who represents them in government. I see a lot of people screaming about the 14th Amendment or the attacks on the January 6th uh, defendants or people who were there. Um, I see a lot of people saying a lot. What I don't see are people who are preparing to do something. Now, what do we do? Well, there's a lot we can do, believe it or not. The first thing I think we should do is make sure that our county elections are free, fair, and transparent. Remember, every election from dog catcher to electors for president starts at the county level. Are you working with your, your county? Are you on your county election board? Are you at their meetings to make sure that the votes are properly cast, that they're, they're, they're cast, that they do all they legally can to make sure that people who are voting are legally allowed to vote, that those votes are properly counted and tabulated and recorded to be sent on to the state. Of course, means the next step is, are we working at the state level to make sure that the collection and counting and processing of those tallies is being done freely and fairly? That is something I think we should pay attention to. The other thing is, how do you deal with, how do you tell if something is true? Or if it's more propaganda and lies? See, the boot camp that I do for the, the Patriots program, we actually start with that question. How do you know if the, an argument is true? By the way, there are four steps. There are four tools we use. Um, it's only an opinion until there's proof. Expert opinion is only an opinion until there's proof. Um, original sources, or as close to them as you can, and then double-check your facts. Because there's going to be a lot of people saying a lot of things, and they're going to say it forcefully, and they're going to claim they have proof or evidence, and it's been my experience that rarely do they. I don't mean because I disagree with them. Even people I agree with rarely can come up with the facts and evidence to prove their point. We need to not only be a bit more judicious in how and in, in what information we accept. But we need to make sure that we are very judicious with the information we spread. If we say something, we need proof, evidence, facts, data, original documents, things that we can show to say, no, this is, this is what happened. Because if we do like we did in 2020, 
allow the lies to exist until after the election and go, oops, we are sorry, we were wrong. After it's too late to make a change, then we've lost. And the sacred fires of liberty are already going out. They're guttering. You have FBI, allegedly FBI agents, without identifying themselves, um, messing with a father and his daughter. You have Capitol Police officer shooting an unarmed civilian without cause, apparently. And we have our intelligence community once again ma uh, manipulating our elections. Ladies and gentlemen, that's not a free republic. That's not even a banana republic. That's truly totalitarian. Now, if you want some more information, hopefully you'll come back every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time for the Constitution Study, heard on America Aloud Talk Radio on the iHeartRadio Network. If you cannot listen then, all of my episodes go to podcasts, typically a day or two after they're heard on the radio. You can listen to your favorite podcast app, but please subscribe to the show. Leave me ratings and reviews. It helps other people find the Constitution Study as well. You can find all the links you need at the homepage at americaoutloud.news. But please share this information. Help other people to see the, the dangers that the sacred fire of liberty going out that exists. And by doing so, help share the blessings of liberty from sea to shining seas.